and welcome to What You're Reading, a bookish podcast where every other week I share what I've been reading, interview authors, and further my never-ending quest to discover more queer own voices in the media. I'm Mallory, also known as Mallory of Sunshine around the interwebs, and today I'm joined by my friends Emily and Claire, who are both incredible cosplay artists as well as bookish fanatics just like me. Buckle in, this is a long one, but it's a fun discussion between three pals on everything from how we got our bookish beginnings to how religion played a role in our childhood reading, how we choose books a lot about astrology, and how their quarantine book club serves as an important space for discourse around reading diversely. Hello, Emily Claire. I'm so excited to have you on my podcast. How are you today? Good. Oh my God. So good. So excited to be here. (laughs) Too much energy. Oh my God. I'm just like, I don't know where all the energy came from. It must be adrenaline. Um, Well, hi. Um, So I'll do a, like, I just want to tell people like briefly who you are, but I want you to introduce yourselves a little bit too. And like, you know, whatever your elevator pitch is, I don't know. Um, Bios are hard, right? So today I'm joined (laughs) by Emily and Claire. Emily is probably best known as our shield maiden on all of her online things. And Claire is best known, I think, as Shakespeare and me. Low-key, I've known Emily for a while now, but I have been like so eager to have Claire on my podcast. And this is just like happy birthday to me that I get both of you here at the same time. (laughs) I'm so excited. Um, So yeah, will you just really quickly introduce yourself? Tell my listeners who you are, maybe what your sign is, because we all like really align with our astrological charts. Um, And anything else you think maybe is important, like your pronouns or whatever. (laughs) The Virgo will go first. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Hi. (laughs) Hi. Um, My name is Emily, obviously. Um, Yeah, I am a cosplayer. Um, I am a writer. I work in the gaming industry. I'm just an overall nerd, I guess. Um, And as I said, I am a Virgo (laughs) with a Libra moon. And... Yeah, I like cats and I like uh, gardening and I like reading books and I, I've just been chillaxing during quarantine. It's been fun. Oh, and my <laughs> pronouns are she, her. Yeah, chillaxing as in like doing every project under the moon, but <laughs> we'll come back to that <laughs> later. <laughs> we have very different definitions of chillaxing. <laughs> okay, Claire, what about you? Who are you? Hi, um, I'm Claire. I use she, her pronouns. Um, I am a, how do I describe myself? Uh, a book, I'm a book cosplay artist and a bookish content creator. Um, I'm actually also a grown up theater kid. So I, I did theater like all through high school and I majored in it in college and now I work for a theater and I work in, uh, I work in patron experience and ticketing um, for a major regional theater. And it's, uh, it's been a very quiet year, which I have actually enjoyed a lot, but um, yeah, I like, I like cosplay. I like cats. I like cooking. I like wine. (laughs) um, I like coffee. uh, uh, And I am a, I'm a Libra. 
with an Aries moon and a Sagittarius rising. Yeah. I love See, this. See, I, I never tell anyone what my rising is because it's Gemini. <gasps> oh, oh, come on. Geminis get bad rap. Geminis are great. <laughs> they are great. I just say my sun and moon and then I just go quiet. You just skip what? over that part. <laughs> See, I, I love Geminis. Yeah, you have a who? I, a friend? I have a brother who's a Gemini. I get along great with Geminis. Yeah, I've learned that I get along great with them as long as I don't have to date them. I can't date them, but I can be like best friends. Like my my like wife, my pretend wife is a Gemini, and we're just like best friends. But like, I could never. I yeah, I've been there, done that. It did not work out. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? I have signs like that too, where I'm just like, yeah. I have some of my best friends, and I would literally never date like Aries actually yeah, I have a lot of just, Aries friends yeah. I would never date Aries. um uh, for a second oh we lost Emily oh no, no. <laughs> I know this is technology it says offline why is she offline oh she's back oh you're back Emily are you back I am back I think my internet might just not be the happiest but I'm not actually losing you're losing me but I'm not losing like it's not turning off or anything. You guys no. are just going great for a second. So if it happens, just go oh, ahead and keep yeah, talking. We'll just, I'll, I'll be back when I'm back. We'll just power through. The show must go on. Um, okay. So like how – I just want to share like a little bit of the origin story. So Emily, I've met you IRL. I don't entirely – remember how I met you. I know it was related to a con. I think probably it had something to do with Jordan or maybe it was nope. cosplay. Was it cosplay? Nope. It was how literally, it I went to a panel. Okay. This is kind of a creepy story actually, but the one with me oh my God. Is, cre- is creepy also. Okay, great. They're well, both very that too. So both of these people, um, I saw these, I saw Mallory on a panel and I don't remember what the panel was for. Maybe I know Robin was on the panel as well. So it was for something. Ooh, um, yeah. Maybe Jordan Janae related, I don't know. But um, yeah, probably something to I saw, marketing. Yeah, I saw Ma- Mallory on a, a panel, and it and she was describing her life, <laughs> and I was oh, like, yes. she's literally me. Oh, we have yes. such similar backgrounds, and I was like, if I'm not best friends with this girl, I'll die. <laughs> so after the after the. Um, panel I like went up to her creepily and I was like hey we should like hang out sometime because you're really cool and we both are homeschool kids <laughs> and we both are have uh journalism wait it's journalism yeah yeah, backgrounds? Yes, yeah. yeah journalism background there were just like so many parallels I was like you're literally me like, oh my god we're the same person um and she had cool purple hair and I was like oh my gosh I need to be her best friend so I and that's how we're friends. And story. it's kind of similar with me and Claire because I saw Claire on Instagram and I was following her content. I was like, this girl oh, has an attention to detail that I appreciate. <laughs> she like, was telling the story. And I had never met her in my entire life, in, in real life. And I literally just like sent her a message and was like, hey, do you want to come over to my apartment and make crafts? What? Yes. Yeah. That's how me and Claire are friends. Oh my and God, and Claire, over. you did? Oh, yes. I love it. I Internet friends so are so starstruck because I think I started, because I, we found each other on Instagram, I think right around when you were doing Rufio. And I was like, oh. this girl is amazing. Oh my God, she's so talented. And her stories are literally just full of her cat. Like, <laughs> excellent. Yep. <laughs> yep. Was that, did you do Rufio for Emerald City, right? 
two years ago? I wore Rufio for for three years, actually. But um, as far as competitions go, it was, it was um, 2019 Emerald City mm-hmm. Comic Con. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then like Claire, I, we haven't met IRL, but I know of you because of Emily. Like, so Emily is what, I don't know. This is just so funny how like this full circle, somehow we're all sitting on the same like <laughs> podcast right now, because I, I think I was telling Emily like that I was going to launch this podcast maybe, and that I wanted to interview people. And she was like, well, you have to interview this girl because she's amazing. She does book cosplays and like, that's her whole life. She's a cosplay artist. Everything about her is just like book, incredible fandom, like talented, amazing. And I was like, who is this person? I, and I got really nervous. I was like, I can't ask her to be on my podcast because she's like, just so amazing. Like, I don't know. I'll have to like work up to it. (laughs) And so I finally worked up to it and here we are. And I'm honored that you're both sitting here because you're just so incredible in all so many different ways. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for inviting us. This is so cool. Oh, I love it. I love the internet. Like, it's just so great. <laughs> it just brings people and nerddom. Like the fact that, oh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. People say, I mean, it is hard. I think difficult to make friends as an adult, but I feel like I don't experience that as often as maybe other people my age because I'm. It sounds like we're all very similar, where we just kind of decide, oh, we're going to be best friends with this person now. And so we're best friends. And, like, nerddom is really helpful for that. Like, there's just so much community mm-hmm. in fandom. Mm-hmm. And I just love that. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So reading. So, like, a few preliminary reading questions before we get into, the like, quarantine book club. So how did you both start reading? And, like, this might be a really big question. But, like, do you remember your first book or, like, what the light bulb moment was for you that got you, like, hooked on reading? Is that a really big question? <laughs> oh my God. Yes. I, I know mine. Um, mine was the TV show Wishbone. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> I, I love that show. I Me was too. obsessed with Wishbone before I could read. I was obsessed with it. And I, so I like, <laughs> I never, I wasn't really like a kid. <laughs> I, I like, yeah. I always as a, but I, and I feel like that might just be a thing with like Libra children that like, you know, you see your life plans and you're like, I want this for my life from like a very young age. And so I was obsessed with the TV show Wishbone. And I was like, when I learn how to read, I will be a, an avid reader. I want this for my life. That was your like vision board. Yeah. Yeah. I had this like, I was like, I'm going to love books. And I thought I was going to be way more of a classic literature person. Uh Um, But uh, I am not. And that's okay. Uh, Do you think that was influenced by Wishbone? Because I feel like Wishbone focused a lot on classic literature. Wishbone was like all classic literature. And actually Wishbone was where I heard my first Shakespeare too. And so like, (laughs) I feel like, oh, it was this like public, uh, it was this PBS show about a dog who liked to read. That's like been the, one of the main influences in my life. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) That's amazing. What about you, Emily? Do you remember like, when you for like what's your relationship with reading like um I've always been a crazy reader I don't remember like first book or anything like that I but I do know that I was a writer long before I was a reader when I was like three or four years old my mom would just give me pieces of paper uh stacks of paper and 
my mom always wrote in cursive. And so um, I saw her writing in cursive. And so I started doing just like swirly loops. And I would fill up, I'm not even kidding, maybe 50 pages with swirly loops. And I was writing stories. And I was like four years old, um, three or four years old. And I would just sit underneath her desk while she was doing whatever she was doing and uh, lay on the ground. And I would just fill up piles of paper with just swirly loops. But in my brain, I was writing stories. It's weird because I can remember writing the stories, but they were I didn't know letters yet or anything like that. So I've always been a writer. Like my mom knew I was going to be a writer from like birth, basically, um, <laughs> before, I, before I even knew how to write any letters or any, any words, um, which I always think is kind of a cool story. Uh, and then I've just always filled up journals. And like, I have journals from starting when I was like, five or six years old that I just fill up with writing and things like that. And so I think I wrote before I read, but when I did, but my mom, we had a library in our house. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom, like my mom just always had, we had every book, every child's book that came out pre like the year 2000 or whatever. Yeah. I swear we had every single one. Like it was like just, bookcases and bookcases and bookcases and we would just go and so it just became part of like our our life and our livelihood to just go and grab a bunch of books and we went to the library like twice or three times a a week and I would just get stacks of books just like 25 books and then I'd be they'd all be done by the end and that's just how I was that's just how I lived (laughs) until I went to college um so yeah I've just always I think I've just always been super into reading and then after college it was really sad to me because I kind of lost that and then when I saw how passionate Claire was about it I got back into it because I was like okay I used to really really love this and it made me really sad that I felt like as an adult I couldn't do it anymore yeah Um, totally yeah Yeah, that's amazing did you ever um because I know we have that like you know homeschool history together did you ever go to the library (laughs) book sales back when like those were a thing Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. It was like our favorite like time of year. We just fill up boxes of books. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was and so my mom good. was a teacher, so if like libraries oh. would get rid of their, their old inventory yeah. in our school district, my she mom would, would like home. find out. Yeah. I, I there's so many books in our house, like it was ridiculous. I mean it still is ridiculous, but it's not our house anymore, it's just her house. But I'm like she still has all the books. I'm like Whose kids are these for? We're all grown up, huh? Susan's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, she's got a whole library. Well, I inherited all of, I have a kid's bookshelf too. And I'm just like, I have kids in my life. They need to come over and start reading these books because <laughs> I have like all the the Kellogg books and like, I don't know, the Magic Tree House and oh Series of Unfortunate yeah. Events. I, I know, like yeah. crazy stuff. Um, okay, so... How about like, this is a sort of adjacent question to that one, but do you know, do you have like a first literary fandom? Um, Like, do you remember maybe the first, I know you have some that you're actively, both of you are actively like, (laughs) you know, present in now, but was there a, like a fandom of books that you had when you were younger? Like when I think about this question for me, I think like Chronicles of Narnia was probably one that I read like a lot. And Anne of Green Gables, I read a lot too. Oh, I know. And then I was I was too old for these, like technically, I think. But when the series of unfortunate events were coming out, 
I read yeah. them as they were coming out. So I think yeah. that was probably like my legit first bookish fandom. <laughs> yeah. Are we defining fandom as like we engaged with other people and like talked about the books or just like we were super into them? Personally? I think super into. Yeah. Like, okay. I don't know. Because I never talked to people growing up. So <laughs> I just like talked to nobody. <laughs> I didn't have friends. So no, I'm just Yeah. Books um, for our friends. But no, they really were though. I spent, like I said, like I would read like 25 books in a week and just like, that's just all I did. I was just like constantly mm-hmm. reading. Yeah. And so I really didn't hang out with that many people. Like I, I was also homeschooled. So like I had limited, <laughs> limited <laughs> I did have some friends, but like I was constantly reading. I think one big one for me that was like one of the first ones is my mom would uh, read us like Sherlock Holmes. Oh, yes. Um, that was probably one of my favorite ones, which is I don't know if that's like age appropriate. I don't. I don't think she cared. But like, um, <laughs> that was a big one. Chronicles of Narnia was also a big one for me because I was raised super re- religiously, and yeah. that was something that was fantasy, which my mom gets really big into fantasy and sci-fi. But it's also um, something that religious circles accept as um, totally that works. <laughs> so that was cool. one that we were really big into, also. The Chronicles of Narnia did not cross over into Catholicism because I was raised Catholic and we like. Because Aslan is Jesus. That's why. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Emily. Yeah. And so the Catholics were like not like like it wasn't a thing. And so I read them as an adult, which I think is super like it was, which was a very different experience. Yeah. That's how I feel about Harry Potter. I read them as an adult also. Yeah, because yeah. those were not acceptable in Christian terms. No, because it was witches and wizards yeah. and witchcraft. Yeah, exactly. See, Harry Potter was the one that all of my friends read, but I never felt connected to it. I like I read them all, but they weren't like my jam. Uh, but the first book that I was like actively a, a fan, a, like part of a fandom for, was A Great and Terrible Beauty. Oh, um, by uh, Libba Bray. That book changed the way that I like when I when I look back and I think about like oh books that like have changed my life like that book changed my life um and there was at the time uh it was the first time I ever interacted with other fans of something because there there was an IMDB uh (laughs) message board about um when they were like when it was rumored to be turned into a movie or like a tv series yeah and so I was interacting with other fans on there. And actually one of my friends now, um, Rosa, Rosa Reads, she was on those message boards too. So we just had this moment recently where we're like, wait, were we like possibly what? talking to each other like 15 years ago? That's wild. <laughs> wild. Do, you, do you know if you were like, did you recognize usernames or anything? We, I don't remember what my username yeah. was, but I, I am absolutely certain we talked to each other. Like, because it was a very, very tight knit circle of like yeah. 20 people who were of course. Really <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Um, okay. So we're going to kind of liaison into like the quarantine book club and like questions about that. But I've heard you both talk, and I think this is kind of a good segue into that because I I was watching some of the like lives back, and I feel like even in your most recent live, Claire, the one where you were talking about Little Women, I feel like I've heard you both talk about your reading speeds, 
Um, and I feel like Emily, maybe you <laughs> mentioned you're like more of a slower reader. And Claire, I have no, I don't remember what you said, but I feel like I Claire, heard you talk. It's about the it. tortoise and the hare. <laughs> Is am, it really? <laughs> I'm the tortoise and Claire the hare. So how does that like play into your reading style or like preferred genres? Does it? Does it not? And like, how does that affect how you make time for reading? Or is it something you like actively make time for? Or does it just happen now? I actively make time for it. Like I have yeah, to, because otherwise I just, I won't do it. <laughs> and I so I have forget. like a designated day. Like Sundays are my days that I do not schedule anything else on Sundays. And I normally read for eight hours straight on Sundays. Like I'll oh, just read. I love that. I just lay in bed and read for eight hours every Sunday. <laughs> so Saturdays are my get, get things done do errands, whatever I need to do. And then Sundays, like, I just don't, I, that's, that's my me day. And I just read. And I then admire that so much about you. Sunday after uh, evenings. Yeah. 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 I'm, I think it's really interesting and it's kind of funny because I am a really fast reader, but I have a terrible memory. And so sometimes oh, we'll get yes, on. We'll that's get what on, you said. <laughs> on like Sunday night, we'll get on for the live and I'll be like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> and I will like completely blank on things it's like I I was a terrible standardized test taker oh, because man. I can't I have a real and I don't know why I, I don't know how I overcame that in acting school um because, yeah, line memorization and stuff like, line memorization was always really easy which I think is really weird oh, so like maybe it's a different part of my brain gets like activated when I do like line memorization but I have a really hard time, but I read a, a ton of things, but like, I can't tell you what happened in like eight of the, like, or like, I would say mo like 80% of the books that I read last year. I'm like, I don't remember what happened, but, <laughs> but I had a great time while I read them. <laughs> right. Yeah. You remember the like feeling you had <laughs> when you were reading it. Yeah. Um, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So that that is what you said on your most recent live that I was like, ooh, log this away to to ask her about later. Um, and I think it was you opened it with like, I just finished reading the chapter and I've already forgot some stuff or something oh my like God. that. Little women <laughs> were so different. Little women with such dense. a different reading experience. It's so, so dense. dense. And like I love that story. I love it so much. But read the experience of reading the book was so different from like watching the movie uh -huh. and that is one reason why I generally tend to gravitate towards YA because I have a terrible memory I don't have the like I often don't have the patience for like really really dense story um and so it's one of the reasons why I like generally prefer YA and why I have been recently getting into contemporary because the pace of contemporary novels is like I have found that to be very enjoyable sure yeah usually a little bit faster yeah um, yeah yeah no for sure so that actually is one of the questions I had about quarantine book club and so first of all I feel like I did some digging and discovered when did you start the club was it like April-ish of last year and how how did you come up with the idea how did quarantine book club happen I think I think we determined yeah I think we determined so it originally wasn't going to be like a book club it originally was just Claire had been trying to get me to read well she wasn't like trying to get me but I'd been wanting to read A Quarter Thorn 
and roses yes. for like two years. Like I had it on my bookcase for so long. I was like, okay, it's quarantine. It's like literally still on mine. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, we won't talk about how I feel about those books. Ask Claire. But like, um, oh, no. <laughs> I, but the point is I wanted to read it really yes. bad because I knew it was a, a big fandom that she's a part of. Um, yep. And I wanted to be cool like her. So I was oh. like, <laughs> let's get this checked off our list now that we have a little bit more time with quarantine. So I was like, okay, I need accountability. And um, because uh-huh. otherwise I won't do it. So I was like, let's go um, like... I don't actually remember. Did we not? I don't know if we actually went live each week. I think we might have, but that was our first book. Um, yeah. We yeah. Did it with. And then after that, we were like, okay, well, why don't we do like a book and then start doing like weekly lives? Like that would be kind of fun. It, it was more about accountability, I feel like, than anything else. And also with quarantine and being like locked at home. Yeah. Not being able to see friends. It was a, it was a way to connect with another human weekly which yeah. i think was it's really important for me the virgo because, <laughs> um, i all of a sudden did not have anything to schedule or plan or anything on my planner and that makes me kind of spiral mm-hmm. meant, like mental health wise like I'm, i need to have plans and i need to have um like a like a, a planner that's filled with things so I, structure yeah, structure is really important to me. So having something weekly that I would be like, I know that this is going to happen every week really helped with like my mental health, I think, a lot. So yeah, that's that was the beginning. I think it was technically we did read a court of court of thorns and roses um in April, but we technically started doing the lives in May. I think that's what we determined. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Almost a year. Yeah. Yeah. It's How does that feel? It's like a month. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like we have a month. Let's read a book. We're done. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, like, what? So, is that the structure? I was looking at the lives, and I feel like I would see about four. So, is it like you read a book in a month and have four lives? Yeah, so, that's what it is now. Mm-hmm. It wasn't always. That. Yeah, we actually have been like two weeks, or I think the shortest time we did was like two weeks for, for saving. Two weeks or a week. Yeah. Wow. For a book, yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's fast. It's a pretty like. short book. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> um, so, how do you? I I know vaguely that there are polls I usually see pop up of like, what are we going to read? But like, how? What's the process of choosing a book? How do you find the books to choose from? What is your process of like picking a book for a book club? <laughs> this is the question, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> Claire talked about this question before. I was like, should we lie? Should we say what we have? <laughs> process? <laughs> you can say whatever you want. <laughs> um, it generally really consists of us sending each other photos of books and being like, have yeah. you read this? This yep. looks Most cool. of the time, it's, it's dependent on Claire because Claire's read like every single YA book, I swear. Uh. So it's like hard to find a book that she hasn't read. So when we find one, we're like, put it on the list now. Let's put it on the list. <laughs> and is that the goal to read a book for book club that neither of you have read before? Yes. I okay. think the one we read, the one we read that I had read that Emily hadn't read was Throne of Class. And oh, like yeah. I was doing a reread. And so like I 
I felt like I had a secret the whole time. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh. And with that series, there's so much that, like, it's seven books. So there's uh, so much that unravels. And I felt like, I was like, I'm trying not to spoil anything. Um, there is one live where I think I might have spoiled something. Oh, no. Um, and you <laughs> might be able to see the panic in my eyes as I did that. <laughs> Um, but I don't think Emily realized what I had done. So, oh yeah, so in the clear, <laughs> you were safe. Yeah, I'm um, a big fan of that that book series. Though speaking of SJM, like, yeah, I'm, skip quarter Roses, Mallory. Oh, I'm so I'm so I don't know. I feel like I book gatekeep myself a lot. I've actually never read any of Sarah J. Moss's books, and like. I think the main reason for that is like fantasy for as much as it influences my life and has influenced my early reading is not mm-hmm. my first genre. I mm-hmm. don't really know why. And like sci-fi is a genre I like basically never touch. Um, yeah. And they're very, they're very similar though. Like sci-fi is just like the fantasy of the modern world kind of. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that's really interesting. I, I, I don't know. I need I need to read them. It, it's I, just the age old problem of how there's so many books in the world. There are so many books in the world. <laughs> you do. I, but like Claire, we never actually decided that it was going to be a fantasy book club. That's what's interesting. No. And we never we never but actually it decided it was going to be a yeah. We never decided it was going to be a YA fan, YA book club either. That was yeah. We never made expression. these decisions. Yeah. We, and we like we just we kind of tended to gravitate towards YA fantasy, but I think like the book yeah. the book that we're reading this month is an adult book. And yeah. I think one of the cool things is that we like because we haven't really been like this is a YA fantasy book club we don't really have the constraints that I feel like if we had said that that's what we were we were setting out to do like so we have a lot of flexibility which is yeah totally if we're perfectly honest it's more like a pretty covers book club oh my god choose a lot of our books (laughs) and that's not a lie we will literally pick a book because it has a pretty color Come oh on, we all do that. It's the, it's the Libra in us. We can't help it. I'm lying if we don't. Say if we don't. <laughs> that okay? So yeah, that was going to be my next question. Like, um, uh, yeah, just like, is it YA or I kind of feel like I fell into that trap with this podcast a little bit because you know the name is what y'all read, and I do read a lot of YA. Very similar to both of you, I think. <clears throat> I find it just easier to kind of feel comfortable in um and the story pace tends to be more like what I what I like um so I do read a lot of YA but I also am like ooh did I did I brand myself in a way that people will be alarmed if I talk about nonfiction or about you know like new adult or <laughs> something like that mm-hmm. but I think it's just a title you know so yeah. I do that a lot with my Instagram handle because I'm not Oh yeah, exclusively Shakespeare related, um, and I so like I have gone back and forth so many times with uh, with with my PR team, which is my husband. <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> like I talk about it a lot. I'm like, is it should I have this username that is very theater related and very and specifically about one author? And then I determined I was like, well, it's more of like a lifestyle choice. It's more of like an aesthetic, and so. Sure. I, Anything that falls under the category of like 
some literary and live performance. I'm like anything in there, anything in there fits. So, yeah, I love that. That's, that's a good way to think about it (laughs) for sure. Um, Okay, so this question, I guess, is kind of, you've sort of already answered, but so when you started the club, I was going to ask if you had a goal in mind, and it sounds like you kind of did, which was get Emily to read (laughs) Court of Thorns and Roses. Um, But like, as as you read that book, like how, how did you identify, oh, we should just keep doing this? I feel like maybe you said that and I missed it, but like, how did it become the ongoing? It was just kind of like a, maybe we should? Sure. Was it that? <laughs> uh, no, I actually think it turned into something more significant because what happened is we started in May. And if you remember what happened in May of last year was the BLM uh, yeah. protest. Yeah. Yes. Started as well. So while we started off with um, Sarah J. Moss, we kind of saw that as an opportunity to broaden what we who we were reading works done by right and i think that kind of propelled us from just like let's do a fun whatever thing to like let's actually encourage more people to be reading in like a structured way and also to be reading more diverse um works because you'll notice like all of our authors are female authors for Mm -hmm. our books um but as often as possible we try to have um women of color or people from Mm -hmm. diverse backgrounds experiences uh, sexual orientations, religious background. Like we, we try to really integrate diversity into our um, book club as a whole, but it really didn't start off that way for the first two books. But then our third book was was at that end point of May in early June mm-hmm. when we were like, okay, wait, this, this can be something bigger and it can do more. And it's kind of just grown from there. Yeah, it, it became like a moment of we can use this platform to be like activism in a way, like activism through reading. <laughs> yeah. And the whole like diversify your bookshelves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. Movement started at that time also. Mm-hmm. And I had never really read um, fantasy written by women of color. Like to be honest, like even though I am a woman of color, I don't think I'd ever read a fantasy book written by a woman of color before that. And then all of a sudden, as we were going forward in the the year and as we were finding more it was like I it was like wait this is <laughs> this is an actual thing this is actually exists um so it was really encouraging and we've had some of the coolest stories oh like my god one thing that, one thing that Claire and I talk about a lot of the time is when you when you kind of get out of that comfort zone mm-hmm. um of fantasy all of a yeah. sudden you start being like wait a minute this doesn't follow the prescriptive narrative of like this happens and this happens and there's like very specific monsters and very specific people and what you know different things like that and all of a sudden we were like wait what like i didn't even know fantasy books could have characters or plots or monsters like this so it was yeah it's been really fun yeah that so so it kind of sounds like <clears throat> yeah the goal there be you very quickly identified the goal of that kind of, do you feel like you have achieved, like you achieve that with the people who tune in are, are, you know, is, is the excitement there about like, oh, wow, we're, we're all doing this, diversifying our bookshelves together. Or like, what's been some of the response to, to the book club, but also to that kind of mentality of like, we are trying to read as diversely as possible. Join us. Claire. (laughs) 
I was sitting here thinking, I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I think, um, I think that, uh, like the response has been good and exciting. And I think that sometimes people, uh, the nice part about the the weekly lives is that people can tune in at their own pace. So sure. like if they've already read the book, sometimes people will follow us. And then um, I know we had a couple people who were, but we, we've switched in the last, when was it? At the beginning of the year, we uh, made a group chat for everybody who's been involved. Oh, cool. Um, mm-hmm. and so that's been really great to connect with more, with more folks about it. Um, but before we had that, I know that there were some folks who were tuning in and it was more that they were tuning in based on the book. So like if they were reading along with it okay, or if they were like, oh, I really have been wanting to read that book. I will read it with you. Or like, I've read it before. I would love to come chat about it. Yeah. Um, and so that was kind of before we started the group chat. And now that we have the group chat, I don't know if, uh, I, I feel like people probably have noticed that it is like very focused on reading diversely. I think actually to a point where sometimes we choose a book and then people are like, oh, like when we chose Woven and Moonlight, we chose that book right around mm-hmm. when the book was facing a lot of um, a lot of backlash. Um, and like a lot of people were talking about kind of the more problematic content with the book. And so actually, I'm really glad we read that book in our book club because we got to talk. We talked about it and we were like, we saw a whole different perspective on the book. Um, and I yeah. don't think I would have, one, read that book or two, mm-hmm. noticed like some of the more important perspectives if we hadn't read that book. Yeah, I feel like uh-huh. I remember seeing both of you talk about that um when you chose the book and then I saw like we're still gonna read it um yeah that's Emily I feel like I cut you off were you gonna say something oh no I was just gonna I was just thinking that um we did have Um, we've had that happen twice where books oh yeah chosen have um come up as being problematic and that's just part of reading though it's because like Mm -hmm. when you choose a book like you really have to be careful about ensuring that um it's if it is trying to focus on diversity that it's properly being represented and that maybe that means the author is well actually we do try to do this now a lot more intentionally but like try to make sure that the author is writing from a perspective that they themselves have experienced rather than Mm -hmm. writing a diverse character from a background or culture or whatever um that's not actually theirs at all Mm -hmm. so that's how to be Exactly. Like, yeah. like, and actually, I learned about own voices from you, Valerie. And so <laughs> I was like, yeah, from this podcast, actually, because um, I never knew that was a thing. And I think mm-hmm. that's actually helped um, me find some really cool books as well. Uh, it is really important for us to do that. But with that book, the first one, we actually decided not to read it because yeah. we did. The, the author was not from that background or perspective and we didn't feel like it was right to read a book about a diverse character experiencing things that that author had not experienced and and the character was not being represented in the right way. Yeah. But with the second book, because that was a cultural background that the author came from, we felt like it was, impo- it was important to still um, take part in, in reading it and then having an informed discussion around it and, and the pros and cons and like what we saw as problematic and what we mm-hmm. didn't see as problematic. And I agree. I'm glad that we did that because it's not always about 
reading things that have that are perfect like the point of our of a book club is that you're discussing it and you're having those important discussions yeah yeah I agree with you I feel like you know there's that's kind of that fine line of which isn't really that gray or difficult to identify you know when you start thinking about it but like just because a book might be quote-unquote problematic to someone doesn't mean that there isn't something valuable that you can have a conversation about around it. I think it sounds like you've identified a pretty good um, razor that you use with the book club of like, well, if it's own voices, then maybe Mm -hmm. this is something that we want to have perspective on or, you know, educate ourselves with or try to learn or see somebody else's perspective versus the like, I think a lot about um, in like the queer reading community, I think a lot about Becky Albertalli, who she wrote uh, Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda. And it's a really popular book. It's been made into a movie, right? Mm -hmm. It follows a lot of queer tropes um, as far as like he gets outed by a friend, you know, like pretty much textbook coming out, being forced out story. And I, I love that it's gotten so much attention. But to me, that book is... An, a, an example of, well, that's a bummer that like a straight white lady got to have the spotlight that could have been a queer person's story and spotlight, you know? So mm-hmm. while it's cool that those stories are being told, I definitely align with just like, I, I want those stories to be told by the people who are living them though. <laughs> Hi there, editing Mallory here. I just wanted to take a quick moment because I made a mistake and I think it's really important to pause and admit when you make a mistake and try to make it right if you can. That little bit that you just heard me talking about Becky Albertalli, she has long been an example in my world, in my reading world of, you know, sort of a straight person writing about the queer experience. And I just wanted to say that I was wrong. I didn't know at the time of recording this episode that actually Becky Albertalli has come out as bi. And, you know, one of the main reasons that she did is actually because of all the scrutiny she's received online for, you know, not being an authority to write stories about the queer experience. And so I just wanted to take a moment because that was new information I had learned. And obviously I left that part in. You just heard me using her as an example for that very thing. And because I got this new information, I just thought it was important for you to hear that while I recorded that at the time, about a month ago when this podcast was recorded, I've done some research and learned new information and I just, I wanted to leave that in so you can see that, you know, everyone makes mistakes. I made a mistake. I judged her prematurely and I think, you know, a lot of us did. And I just thought this was a great example of an opportunity for me to say I was wrong and apologize. Not that Becky Albertalli is going to listen to this podcast, but I wanted to apologize for making that sweep snap judgment, if you will. And I just wanted to just share the reminder to myself and, you know, any of us who need to hear it that what we see online just isn't the whole picture. And it's really easy to make judgments like that. So that's my little editing note. Let's resume the podcast. That's like when we read Legend Born there, Tracy Dion put so much about like just about like black culture and about like, like all of these little details, like the microaggressions that Mm -hmm. Bree Matthews experiences, like so much of that book 
it was like she put so much of like her personal experience into that book that it would be like it, a white author could not tell that story. Yeah. Like just could not. For sure. Well, much less, I don't know, like just shouldn't also, yeah. right? But like, yeah, would also, if they tried, really struggle. Um, yeah. Uh, well, that's that's really – so this, this chat that you have, is that like a Discord group or how do you engage with – because it sounds like what's happening now is not only is it a book club, is it something you're both really passionate about, but you kind of have built a community around it, right? It sounds to me. Do you agree with that? Or how do you think about like community as it relates to your book club? Yeah, right now it's not. I mean, it started off with more so me and Claire talking <laughs> yeah. each week. Yeah. And then if people happened to join, that was awesome. But if they didn't, it like I said, for for a lot of the time, it really just came down to like having something when I was like sitting mm-hmm. in my apartment alone for a whole year, you know, like having something where I could talk to someone about something other than work um, yeah. once a week. And I know that it sounds sad, but I think it's no. really important to say because it's yeah. like, that's, that's, yeah. that's the reality of the world that we've been living in. And so it, it was a really big like mental health tool for me to use. And then as we've come into this year and even a little bit last of late last year um, and I feel like for me, my mental health has kind of stabilized more so than it was at the beginning of quarantine Mm-hmm. Um, we have um, been able to like bring more people into that experience and like have the emotional bandwidth to have um, it's a, it's an Instagram group right now that we have. And I think sure. we have about 15 people or something in it. Yeah, no. yeah. Um, and they don't, they don't all read every book. That's, right. that's yeah. what I'm saying though. But um, they're all in that space to discuss. And then we do live chats as well once once a month um, where people can talk. And I think it's kind of like one of those things where it's almost like, it's like put your mat, put your own mask on before you, you can help other people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like one of those moments where it's like, I think it's helping other people in the same way that it helped me at the beginning. But at the beginning, like I didn't have any kind of emotional space to extend that out. And now we're at the point where it's like, like you have to, you have to realize that like, because we're all stuck at home, like this could be the only time that people, that, that people have that space to talk about something fun that feels more normal mm-hmm. when normally we're just sitting at home, like watching the news or like thinking about things that, <laughs> that aren't as fun. So yeah. um, I think, yeah, it's really cool though right now that we have, we have more of that community aspect for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to hear too. Cause like we each bring, like we each bring our own perspectives to like our live conversations, but it's mm-hmm. really great to hear like what other people are experiencing when they're reading the book. Cause they will, I think there was one discussion that we had that like somebody picked up on something that like I hadn't even thought about, which was really cool. Yeah. I love yeah. that about life. I mean, that is very right. relatable <laughs> to books, but like, just that none of us experience the same thing in the same way is just so, I don't know. It's so cool. Humanity is so cool. <laughs> we can be pretty ornery sometimes to say the least, <laughs> but there are also times when it's just, it's beautiful. Um, so how about like 
books that have you had a favorite that you've read in the in the club so far? <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you've yeah. had a least favorite. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Claire, you can go first. Yeah. Y'all know what I'm gonna I feel like we just shared it. Like, I think you just shared it in your stories like last week, Emily. Oh, I we missed like, it. These are the top three. <laughs> these are we're Libras and we can't choose the top one. Oh, yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> um, but our favorites so far have been um, Legend Born by Tracy Dion, uh, the, uh, the Raven and the Dove by Caitlin Davis, and Mexican Gothic by Sylvia, is it Moreno Garcia? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's, and that was the creepy one that I've wanted to read because so it sounds nice. amazing, but I'm so scared of it. It's, so good. <laughs> it's not it's not as scary. I was just I I was just talking to my husband about this book because he's like, Oh, should I read this Mexican gothic book? I was like, Yes. Um <laughs> yes. So Everybody um, read it. Read it. Um, it's not, and I said, if you go into it looking for a horror novel, you're not mm-hmm. going to get that. I said, it's gothic. And mm-hmm. he was like, what do you mean by it's gothic? I'm like, it's, it's characterized by there being an old creepy house, uh, creepy people in the creepy house mm-hmm. and a set, like a sense of isolation and sure. like a very like isolated landscape. I was like, that's what you should go into it. It's way more thriller, but it's so good. Like it is oh, horrific man. at moments, but like, oh my I God. I think about the thin air. Like yeah. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, Weathering Heights. Like those are yeah. the type of, uh, that's the type of drama that it, or the type of like, kind of psychological like what's happening in this creepy house but like <laughs> it, yeah so good I still think about that book and we read it like when did we read it we read it like a we read long it time last August it, it wasn't quite spooky season yet yeah but we yeah. were like but we because we read it like right before spooky season and we were like read this book in like September October you will love it it's a perfect fall read um, so so top three, but it sounds like, I mean, I'm an outside ear, but to me, <laughs> it kind of sounds like that might be the favorite. <laughs> That's why I said, I was like, Claire, go, because I'm literally just going to talk about Mexican Gothic. Oh my God. Seven hours. <laughs> One of my favorite things about Mexican Gothic is that it comes up in every single lot, or every single, like every single time we talk about a new book, we're like, well, it was no Mexican Gothic. <laughs> Not That's like, like I'm an earth sign and I fixate on things that I like. So that's like the bar that you hold every other book up to. Yeah. Yeah. Legendborn, like we did say that this is a three way tie because Legendborn was another, like, you got it. It's just, it's a totally different genre. Right. Like, but you, like, if I was just walking up to a random person or if they walked up to me and said, like, what book should I pick up right now? after a few questions about like, well, what are you looking for? If right. they were kind of more into like more of like a superhero vibe or more of a, like at like a college or university type. I mean, there's, it's a totally different, more, uh, I mean, it's fantasy. The other book, uh, Mexican Gothic is not fantasy. It's, um, I don't even know what it's, it's, I guess it is horror is the yeah. actual genre, but yeah, but, but Legendborn is definitely fantasy. So if you're into more mm-hmm. like superheroes and like magic powers and stuff like that, then Legendborn is, is, was insanely good, like from oh start God. to finish. 
It's so good. It's so good. It might be one. It's it's already in like my top. I know it's already going to be in my top books of 2021. It was so I need to read it. I need to read your top three. Yeah. And then what was your third one? Uh, uh, the Raven and the Dove, which we're reading oh, this yeah. Um So good. Coming up. Oh my God, <laughs> and that's that like so romance. Good. And that one's like okay. more like a romance. Okay. It's, like, based, it's based on Tristan and Isolde. Like oh, the, the, like, it's like a retelling of Tristan and Isolde. It's in, it's in this like super cool fantasy bird person universe. And like... I, I just the way that Caitlin Davies writes that world and like how deeply complicated every single one of the characters is like uh-huh. so good. Well, I yeah, think, and go sorry oh, before it. I'm like, I was gonna say. So you ask us like why we choose or how we choose books, and we don't really have a process for that necessarily, <laughs> other than like pretty covers. But like, right? Um, but what we do have um, for what determines whether we like a book. Is like I feel like one of the reasons that Claire and I work well in this book club, and somebody asked me this the other day of like, if I'm starting a book club, like how do how do I start something? Um, find someone who likes to read the same things that you like to read. Uh huh. That's, that's the thing. And me and Claire like very specific things that oh, both man. of us love in books, and we like 100% agree that those are the most important things. And I think that's what has sustained us for this long is that we like yeah. the same kind of books, and so it's like. What are our tropes, Claire? Um, (laughs) So, (laughs) yes, tell me. Trials. If the book has like trials or challenges or anything like that, it's an automatic win for us. Yep. Um, Okay. Always the balls. Any kind of ball. Yep. Any kind of ball. Any kind of opportunity for people to get dressed up. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones. Um, Um, I love romance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Enemies to lovers. Enemies that's to lovers. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the favorite mm-hmm. romance trope. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Enemies we to lovers. Have few, we have a couple more, but like as they come up in books, we're like, yes. Oh, and we both like like kind of like darker rom- like as as far mm-hmm. as romantic um, love interests in books. Like we both mm-hmm. kind of like that like darker the bad boy, if you will. I guess we love a bad boy. Yeah, we do. Uh, we're we broody, keep, broody boys. We yeah, keep yeah. trying to find a book that has magical cats in it. So, like, if you have oh, any, <laughs> if you have heard of a book with magic cats yes. in it, because we're like, we really need more magical pets because oh it's something gosh. we both love, but we haven't gotten a whole lot of. Yeah, sure. I feel like I have like that file in my brain when you said that. I had a very head empty, no thoughts kind of moment where I'm just like <laughs> animals. I, that I it's broken I don't have anything in that section of the library what is going on and so I when you like, said bird people I was like wait bird people yeah uh I think I need to read <laughs> it's so good <laughs> the only cat book that came into my head was like the cat who series but he they're not magical he was just that detective cat did you ever read those books no <laughs> I, I'm sure that it's it was like ghost written by like a ton of different people but there is this series I feel like or in the like 80s and early 90s called the cat who and it was like the cat who like you know I don't know shut the door or the cat who traveled across the yeah New York or I don't even know what they were but they were always mysteries the person who owned the cat was a detective and 
the human always thought that he was solving the crimes, but in reality, the cat always solved them first. Um, and, that makes sense. But that's all. That's all I thought about when you said cats. I was like, that's all I can think about. I feel like I know of three literary cats. There's another. Isn't there a fantasy series too, like a young adult fantasy series with cats? There is. I, can I can't remember what that's called books. now. Yeah. I can like see the cover of the books. Mm-hmm. It's fantasy I want, cats, like, right? Kiki's delivery service level cat book. Like I don't necessarily want it about cats, but I want but cats you- to be a main character. Yeah. Like well, the Warriors cat. series. The Warriors series. Yes. Yeah. Cats. Never read it. Just know Me it neither. exists. I don't know. I Maybe they're magic. Where everyone is cats. Is that the one where like everyone is like a? It's like all animals. I think that it's all cats. Yeah. It's like Redwall. Oh, actually, speaking of first fandoms, that would be a first fandom. Oh, Redwall. I never read those. Me neither. I had two brothers, though, and they were like super into them. They're very, um, I think they're very targeted, marketed towards uh, male readers versus female, for sure. They're all, it's like animals, but it's like wars. It's like Game of Thrones, but with animals. But with animals. Yeah. The only thing I know about Redwall is it's like a medieval, yep. like medieval mice world. Yep. Oh, well, it's like, yes. It's like all little animals. It's not just mice, but yeah, the mice are like the heroes of like the legendary heroes. It's like, it's, if you think about it, it's kind of brilliant. I'm like, who? Well, I know who did it. The fact that somebody made like a 15 book series about uh-huh. animals and their like medieval lifestyles and wars like you admire that like it's pretty cool yeah that is pretty cool yeah for sure so do you have plans to continue the book club indefinitely or like are you just yeah. sagittarius in your way and just see what happens. <laughs> well, so we have a Libra and we have a Virgo, which is yeah. also why this works because yeah. Yeah. we have like the scattered mindedness of both of our Libra signs, to be honest. Um, sure, but yep. then also, like, we have the next six months planned out. Because yeah. Virgo, so. <laughs> we love that. Where do I get my like planner and list making like affinity? Because I don't think I have any Virgo in my chart. I, you gotta look up look up your full chart. Like with I all know 12. I I have, yeah. and I just I don't know where it comes from. This is gonna have to be a sidebar conversation because <laughs> I need someone to psychoanalyze me and tell me okay, what you're sad. Where... To... Oh, Scorpio! I was gonna Scorpio. say it's probably yeah. the Scorpio. The Scorpio. Yeah, so my chart is comprised of Sagittarius, Capricorn, Scorpio, and Uh-oh. Cancer. Those Dude, are the Capricorn only- is Capricorn. That's exactly that's it. That's true. That's <laughs> yeah, where yeah, it yeah. is. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. I'm having like an awakening right now about my love life too because I'm a Capricorn is in Venus and I just had like so many answers like just flood my head of questions I've had recently. Oh my god. I need to like shut my app and like yeah, I'm gonna cry. Okay. Um well, <laughs> well that's the Scorpio part of me. <laughs> just like my immediate reaction to everything is just cry. <laughs> um oh goodness. Like not necessarily sad, more just like in awe of myself that I never put two and two together before. Um okay, so 
to kind of wrap things up, I have talked your ears off. Thank you so much for letting me just talk to you forever. Um, I was going to ask overall about quarantine, like, because I feel like we're all still in this weird world, I always like to throw a couple of these questions in there. We've talked about quarantine a little bit already, but how, like, I feel like I, I, and I'll speak for myself now, but I feel like I am just starting to get to a place where I have creative energy again, which is sort of what I feel like you were talking about, Emily, where you have like that emotional energy to like give again instead of just always feeling depleted. So Mm -hmm. like how, how have you kind of navigated that both of you and how are you like finding that energy to stay productive with all of your incredible projects. Um, cause Claire, I know you do like photo edits. I mean, obviously you're super active with like your cosplay reels and all the photos that you take. And it seems like you're doing a photo shoot, like every other, I mean, I think you're doing one right after this. Right. <laughs> and then like, I'm, I'm like an every weekend <laughs> shooter and editor. <laughs> yeah. I have scheduled my first break in two years what like my first break in two years um I have to I have to I'm going back home to New Mexico in like end of May early June because my mom's getting married (gasps) um which like I'm so excited about but I'm taking I'm taking a full two-week break from like creating anything and I'm like this is okay, here we go. And uh, I'm like, I'm going to need to make sure I, I stock up a bunch of things. And William's like, you have so many photos. You do so not need to worry. <laughs> much content. But I think it's it's really been funny for me because I went from, so I came from the theater world and I came from in college being in rehearsal for 20 hours a week. Yeah. And then got my first full-time job and then uh, was working as a dramaturg for a really long time in the on the fringe scene here. And uh-huh. so was used to putting in like 20 hours a week, um, some weeks, and then was planning my wedding at the same time. And yep. so, uh, and then when I finally got married and was uh, navigating away from dramaturgy, that's when I really started reading more and writing. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I've always had this like, no, you like, you spend like, no, you spend that 20 hours a week, just like making stuff and it's exhausting. So tiring. (laughs) So I'm very, I, I feel like I went into quarantine really strong and like not slowing down, doing fine, feeling great. Uh And then, um, about, and then last August was when I, I was, I was part-time from like last August to, uh, February of this year. And that, was so weird because I thought that I would have so much more time, but I had no energy. Yeah. Um, like at the all. burnout set in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh-huh. it was, it was just like, uh, th- like the, those six months making content, like were such a struggle. And I think also because I was learning how to do, I was really learning how to do like reels and learning, trying to learn more about video content, which still kicks my butt. Like, it's mm-hmm. so hard, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. um, but now I've been full-time for like a full month now and I'm trying to ease myself back into it, but I still feel like I, I feel like I'm driving a car, but I don't know how to do anything other than floor it. <laughs> and then I keep yep. being amazed when I run out of gas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
what happened? So. That's the best analogy I have heard. <laughs> like I align with that so much. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying very hard to like ease back into it. And like, I only had three looks, like three, three photo looks to do today. And then I have like a video that I want to take, but it's like, Oh, it's only three. Only yeah. Three. Only yeah. three, you guys. Only three in one day. That's it. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, I just, but it's like, it, I, it feels really great to have something creative because, um, like when we went into quarantine, I had friends who were days away from opening a show who that was three or four months of work that just completely down the drain. And I felt, I, I felt so bad for them. And I had, I had like zoom cocktails with a friend and he was like, are you doing okay? And I was like, I'm fine. My artistic process has really not been affected by quarantine, but yours has. And I like, I'm so sorry. And so there's never been a time when I've been more grateful that I migrated away from acting um, because I feel like I didn't have to, I didn't get, that didn't get taken away from me. Like so many people I know. So. Right. Well, like, I think I've heard, I don't know how I've heard you describe this, but I feel like I've heard you talk about um, like, you're still a performance artist. It's just like, you, <laughs> you know, like you set yeah. your own kind of structure and boundaries and like your own creative project. So yeah, it never got taken away from you because you took the reins like a while ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of a thing. Is that, does that sound about right? That's exactly it. And that was yeah. the reason why I was like, that was the reason why I wanted to move away from being an actor was because nobody, like I, I struggled so hard in audition rooms and I struggled so hard with directors and casting directors because they were like, well, we don't really see you as this person and we don't really see you as this person. And like, I had so many acting professors tell me like, your archetype has not been written into the modern theater world yet. You're, you're going to struggle. But like I, I read books and I saw myself and I was like, wow why don't we combine these things? Yeah. <laughs> and then I get to, I get to say yes to me. I don't have to have a director or a casting director or a producer say yes to me. Yeah. Hell yes. Now, Emily, so <clears throat> I'm curious to hear your perspective on this as a Virgo, but also like as a fellow homeschool kid, because so I feel like at the beginning of quarantine, I have really unrealistic expectations for myself in general. And so I was like, well, lockdown means obviously creative output, like hyperdrive. (laughs) And then when I couldn't achieve that, I started, and that's just a general thing in my life, but I feel, I felt like constant failure. And I really learned through quarantine, like grace with myself, (laughs) which I feel like is a subtext of some of what you've said already throughout this time together. So like, how have you, cause you actually, I don't know, you have like crazy cool projects too, like the 12 months of princessing that you started, I feel like at the beginning, you started doing so alongs and you do a book club. I don't know how you have time for it all, but like, tell me more about how that all plays into like your emotional energy. Um, relationship with quarantine. I don't know. That might also be a yeah. really big question, but like, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've kind of just reached the point in my cosplay journey where I don't do anything that <laughs> I think it's really fun to listen to Claire. Cause she's, 
I'm so cute. Okay, we don't have to talk about this right now, but I'm so curious what like your Myers Briggs personality type is, Claire. Because I know we talk <laughs> about astrology, but like you you have to understand, Claire operates cosplay with an Excel sheet. Like I I literally just wake up in the morning and I'm like, hmm, what will oh. I do today? Like I post <laughs> day of basically. Yep. What I what I, what I shoot day of. Um, yep. So it's always been really funny to me um, and in like, it's actually not funny, but like inspirational to right. me whenever I see Claire's like sheet of like, so organized and I want to be organized and I'm not. Anyway, oh, this has nothing to do with it. My God. Um, yeah. <sighs> my mouth is on the table just at that concept. Like I'm just. She has a full, she's a full. It's, yeah. it's it's beautiful. I mean, that's like I'm, next level. I'm that's not even content calendar. That's just like no. It's a, it's, it's a spreadsheet. Yeah, it's everything. Yeah. It has like a, it has like goals and like oh, I want to do this. There's like one page. There's a tab that's like I want to do these things in this month. And then there's a, an actual like scheduling tab. And I made a different one. If you want a copy, I can send you one. It's like I made it for my Patreon benefits. Um, and so I think in the Patreon benefits one, it's a little more organized because mine is kind of chaos. And I have You're full like, on PMing after... yourself. <laughs> I have a tab for like what do I have? I, I've, I, I have a tab for purchasing too, because I schedule sure. out all of my purchases because I'm like <gasps> on an insane budget. Yes. So, oh it's... my gosh, Claire. What? <laughs> it's That's like, amazing. I want to be there, but like, I know that for me, and this is why actually this is important for us to talk about because while Claire and I are very similar in a lot of ways, we're yeah. also very different as well yeah. in a lot of ways, but they're like complimentary. Yeah. Um, but I think it's important for people to hear that, like, there is not one way to do cosplay. Like, oh my God, you yeah. can do it. Like, it's whatever. So basically, before I went on a spiel about that, what I was trying to say what, to answer <laughs> your actual question, Valerie, was I have reached the point where um, really in life, but also in regards to cosplay, like, I don't do anything that doesn't serve me. Yep. Um, and what I mean by that is that I don't do anything that doesn't make me happy or give me positive energy yep. back. And so book club gives me, I feel good when I do book club. I feel good when I am reading, when I have um, lives to look forward to each week. Like that's something that brings energy into my life. Therefore, it doesn't, it's not how do you do so many things. It's what I'm doing is actually um, enhancing my life. It's not taking energy from me in order to do those things. It's the same with, uh, so long that I'm doing right now, um, I gain energy by teaching people. That's something that I've always done. Like my senior project in high school was teaching a class of elementary school kids. Like I oh, don't have an yeah. yeah, I've, I've taught that's classes. So my cool. life. I've always been a teacher. Um, that's just part of my personality. And so when I'm teaching people or leading people in an educational capacity, that brings energy to me from like the universe not to get like super like spiritual or whatever but, like the, I feel like the, the universe brings energy to me I'm not giving energy out by doing that uh-huh. um, and it's the same with uh, what's the other thing we were talking about? oh um 12 months of princessing was also similar 
And I actually started that before quarantine. I had no idea quarantine was going to happen. I decided that in December of 2019. Oh, yeah. And then um, I started it and I did January and February. And it, it really became something that I was like holding on to really strongly because I knew that I didn't have the creative energy to make cosplays in the way that I had been making them. Yeah. Um, and so I allowed myself, again, like just going towards things that like bring positive energy back in my life like I quote unquote allowed myself which is the Vir- if you know Virgos it is not <laughs> easy uh, to not do I didn't make any of those things like I, I made some props that went with the um princesses but I was just buying stuff thrifting things using what I had around my house um to make looks and yeah for me that was a really big like mental leap because that's not normally that's not normally how I cosplay but that's how I could cosplay for the year of 2020 in in the not having as much emotional space to to make things so yeah like I said like when people ask for advice on like how to do more how to do more things I'm like you have to really think about like what energy is that thing bringing to you? Because if it's not something that you naturally gravitate towards or it's not something that you naturally, like going back to the Excel spreadsheet, if I had an Excel <laughs> spreadsheet, I am in absolute awe of Claire and 100% inspired by her doing that. If I did that, I would probably throw myself off a bridge. Like I literally would not, like, might sound extreme, but like I would, I would die inside if I did that because it's not me. It's it would Claire. shut you down. Yeah. yeah it would, I wouldn't cause, I wouldn't be a cosplayer. I wouldn't yeah. cosplay. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing to like know yourself and know what works for yourself because that's just not me. And that's fine because we both do cosplay and love cosplay and we don't have to be the same in that in that way. But it just goes back to like knowing yourself and knowing what projects to invest in. And I say no to things all the time. That's another thing. Like people mm-hmm. are constantly like proposing things to me and I'm like, yeah, no, <laughs> no, no. Like I, I learned to say no during quarantine <laughs> and it's really hard because I'm an INFP, which means I'm non-confrontational. Um, oh, Claire, you're an INFP too. I am. Yeah. Wait a minute. Why are you so organized? You're a P. You're not supposed to be like that. What? So <laughs> I was, for many years, I was an ISFJ. Oh, this is a J. That was the first time I took the test. I was an ISFJ. And so I, yeah, I, I might still be holding on to some of those things. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Interesting. We'll talk about that another time. But yeah. anyway, um, yeah, INFP means I'm non-confrontational. So like, yeah, yeah I'm an INFP um, also. Really? Yeah. All three of us are? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So as you know, confrontation, not, not a thing that we like. Right. Um, but, but that's, I feel like they know it's really important. For mm-hmm. sure. I feel like that's something I I super admire about you, but also like I think about like my Virgo friends or like my sister who's a Capricorn. Uh, that's something that I feel like I'm constantly inspired by um, in – well, really both of you I guess. Like you and my sister I think of when I think of like setting boundaries and like seeing people set boundaries in a healthy way. Um, and I just, I'm always inspired by that because I'm a people pleaser and Mm -hmm. have also started saying no more in quarantine. Um, but I'm still not 
I'm still not where I feel like I want to be <laughs> with that. And so, yeah, you're an inspiration to me in that way too, Emily. So look at this. We're just Aww, a big puddle of inspiration you. to each other. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay. Well, let's, let's wrap up. Like, what are you, is there a book you're reading right now not related to um, book club? And like, what's next for both of you? Where can we find you? How do we support you online? All of those good things. That was like five questions in one. Yeah. Can I like pretend that I no. didn't say any of that no. and like try no. again? No. I'll answer, I'll answer all of that. Okay. You can answer all of that. I'm reading Six of Crows with another yes. player in order oh, to cool. – We have to be done before April 23rd. When the I am so – I'm so excited for you to read Six of Crows. I was doing the option to read Six of Crows or Dune, and I was like, I'm supposed to read Dune in 20 days? Like like we said, tortoise here. Like, no way. That's not, no, happening. That's not happening. Yeah. Six of Crows is going to be great. I have no idea actually what it's about, but I got it, and I'm going to read it. Um, and then and that's not book club related. That's just for the hell of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, oh gosh, what were the other questions? Um, yeah, no, that's great. Like, we can just pretend that editing is happening now and Claire can say what she's reading and then we'll do the other question after that. I'll tell you okay. it again. I, yeah. I have to say, I'm, sit- I'm literally sitting here in my Nina cosplay from Six of Crows. Um, Amazing. Because they sent me, one of the companies I rep with sent me Kaz Brecker coffee. Um, yes. It's a dark roast. Uh, I nice. love that book so much. Um, uh, I am reading. Uh, God, I, I'm one of those people who reads like ten books at a time. Yeah. Um, and so right now I'm reading "Down Comes the Night," which is it, it is I think I think it might be new adult. It's either new adult or young young adult, but it is mm-hmm. um, a gothic, a, a dark gothic fiction. Um, about two countries that are at war and this girl who is a healer gets called to go to this like weird Lord's house out in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, she ends up that she's like healing the like big bad enemy from the other side. Like, um, so that's, that's been really, really interesting to read. Um, I'm trying to finish that. I, I feel like, yeah, I'm reading like five different things. Um, reading our book club book. Uh, of course. And uh, then I'm really excited to start Rule of Wolves, which is the last, I think is the last Grisha verse book. See, Claire reads like seven books at a time. And I'm like, it's if I get two, I'm like, yes. If I actually can read two, I'm going to be really it's it's such a problem um I <laughs> it can be if you never finish books which is what I do because I do the same That's thing I'm true. like I have a digital yeah. book going I have an audio book going I have a physical mm-hmm. book going I have well like seven physical books going and yeah yep. it's just like a mood <laughs> I'm reading I've been reading Shadow of Night which is the second book in the All that Souls trilogy really familiar it's uh a d- the second book in the yeah. after a discovery of witches oh yeah um, which is like, oh my god, such a good. Book. Oh, I love it. Discovery of Witches. I wish we had read that for book club. If we, that's not a question Mallory asked me. But if we could pick a book that I wish that we had read before we had 
read it. it yeah, like you read it, it together uh, for book club. Yeah, I wish yeah. That we had read that together, but I had I read it a long. I read it like two years ago, and then Claire just read it. Uh, but I feel like we would have both loved to talk. We would have loved it, and it's one of those books. I didn't. I had like checked it out from the library several times, but never like gotten around to reading it. And then I think I got a Kindle deal on it and was like, well, I have this book. And I read it in the fall because I am very uh, into seasonal reads. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, if it's me a too. creepy book, I want to read it in the fall. If it's like a Christmas book, I want to read it in the winter. Um, but I. Okay. Okay, well, that, here's here's a plot twist. Sorry, no, Emily, you go first. I didn't mean to cut oh, you. Oh, I was just gonna say that's also brings up an interesting question because um, Claire always reads e ebooks, yeah, um, for our book club, and I always read hard copies. So that's also a, a fun little fact about our book club is that I'm always the hard copy person. Um, I don't even own an e reader, uh, and then Claire always reads like Kindle books and things like that. Yeah. So it also points to the fact like. There isn't one way to read. Even if you're audio, I don't even care if people follow along via audiobook. I'm yep. like, yeah, I don't care. It's it's a quarantine. It's We're reading during a, a, during, yeah. a, during a panorama, as they say. Um, <laughs> exactly. And you know what? Whatever you need to do to get those stories, do it. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna ask you both about audiobooks and how you felt about that, but then I we the conversation left and I forgot. Um, but yeah. I I, yeah, I'm with. I mean, I think though you just kind of answered it. Like reading is reading. Like get the book, however you're going to read it, just do it, enjoy it. That's the point. Is yeah. not elitism in books or like, ooh, the hard copy's better or like, oh, you're an e-reader. No, it's just like I'm a reader <laughs> and I read yeah. and I love books. Perfect. Yep. You're welcome here. Yeah, exactly. And it's more about stories. That's the thing. I'm like, who cares? Yes. It's an audio book. Like I, the point is to have these stories that enrich your life and change your mindset and maybe are just like smutty and like make you happy because they're so corny like it's about the emotional experience it's not about like oh these are letters typed on a page therefore you now are like a better person that's not what makes you a better person it's the stories yep and so that's why I have no argument negative against like people who listen to audiobooks I'm like who cares yeah live your best life yeah, totally. The book I'm reading right now is the same book. I'm having a really hard time reading right now, but I'm reading The Descent of the Drowned. I know I should. Oh, I'll come. Okay, that was my other idea. I'm So I'm reading The Descent of the Drowned, which was my last guess on Aladdin's book. I'm still reading it. It actually is a fantasy book. It's like a high fantasy book. Ooh. And she's a Danish-Pakistani author. And so it's set in um, like a super fantasy like um middle east type setting and it's amazing so far it's a character driven story not a plot driven story which is mm. i think kind of unique for the fantasy genre from what i understand i don't know but it's very it's very extremely good and she just has like a way with words i'm learning a lot which i love um so that's the book i'm reading right now but here was the plot twist that i was thinking okay so you said Ooh, I wish we'd read that together. Well, what if you just like, I mean, it might not be right now, but if you needed some like to freshen up the book club at some point, you could have a guest person on who hasn't read the thing. If you've both read it and read it, the three of you, because you can do like what, four people on Instagram live now. So like you you could do that, right? So I don't know, might throw the format off a little bit, but that might be a fun way to read a book that you wanted to read 
Somebody would be reading it for the first time. I don't know. Anyway, that's just the thought. Yeah, the one thing is because I read so slow, I don't know if I could reread a book. Like, honestly, I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I read so slow. You don't even understand. It's so hard. Claire reads, like, our sections in, like, an hour. And I'm like, wow, it only took me seven hours to get through these chapters. It's great. I'm so proud of myself. And then but she's I, like, yeah, I read it in, like, two hours. I read the whole I, book. I didn't remember day. anything. <laughs> Wait, so see? Yeah, there's a trade-off. <laughs> that was – I reread it. So I reread Six of Crows last fall. No, last summer I reread Six of Crows. And I was like, I forgot that all of these things happened. And I couldn't tell you what any of the details of that book are. (laughs) Well, that's kind of fun then. Because if you do reread something, it's sort of like reading it for the first time. Yeah. In a way. I have too many many FJM novels to get through. I can't reread things. Yeah, you can't. There's no time. Only forward. (laughs) Good lord. <laughs> Only forward. That's going to be our new motto. Uh, okay well both of you have been so amazing I've loved this conversation I'm like fangirling over both of you because I can't believe that I get to call you a friend Emily and Claire now I'm gonna force you to be my best friend I've admired your work from afar for so long (laughs) I'm so grateful that Emily brought us together where can my audience find you where do you want to be followed how should we support you on the interwebs I don't know whoever um, wants to go first. <laughs> you can. Well, we go live every Sunday at 5 p.m. Yeah. Pacific Standard Time. Perfect. Um, with the book club. Or Pacific mm-hmm. Time. Yeah, yeah, with our book club. And right now, um, other than that, we just have our Instagram discussion group, which we only open in between books. Um, oh, yes. Mainly, mainly just because if people are joining halfway through a book and then we're talking about the book in that discussion group it's just awkward and uh, yeah. I don't spoilers sweetie kind of thing yeah, yeah. So, we, so we only open it in between like I said we have like 15 people in there right now and um yeah that's pretty much I guess it's pretty small but if you follow Claire and I um you'll get notifications when we go live and then you can watch the lives and if you decide that you want to read the book that we are going to read and you join the Instagram group then we go live we do live video chats to discuss the whole book once a month yeah amazing well i'll make sure i have both of your instagrams linked down below um claire i know you mentioned you have a patreon emily i can't remember if you have a patreon i feel like you don't yeah but i'll make sure that's linked down below as well both of these oh yeah coffee i'll make sure that's down there um follow both of these wonderful amazing humans online they put out the most incredible content they are constantly giving back with their inspiration to the world and are just like a really positive force online, but also real. Like, I think that's something I admire about both of you too, is that, you know, you're not afraid to just talk about real life, how you're feeling, like show the, you know, behind the scenes of like, it's what you see on the internet isn't always, (laughs) it's not real life. And I love that about both of you as well. Um, thank you so much for being on my podcast today and thank you yeah I can't wait to talk to you on the interwebs in the future maybe tune in the next book club and yeah thank you all for listening we'll talk to you next time bye bye bye